Hello and welcome to Impactability, the Nonprofit Leaders Podcast. This is a show that explores the landscape of the nonprofit organization, big and small, offers some incredibly helpful information and resources, and gives nonprofits a place to share ideas and get advice. I'm your host, Joe Turner. Our show is sponsored by Sukup Strategic Solutions, offering a wide variety of services to help nonprofits maximize their impact. So let's get into solving the problems that might be plaguing your nonprofit. Hey, thanks. Welcome to the program. Today we have a fantastic program for you because we're coming to you direct from Planet Philanthropy 2022. We're in St. Petersburg, Florida. Fantastic conference. It's packed. Lots of great sessions going on. And we decided we're going to grab the chair of the conference to uh, talk with him about AFP, everything about AFP. Josh Hurst, currently the Florida caucus rep for the First Coast chapter. He's also a social media marketing manager for Susan G. Komen. He has an extensive background in social media, digital communications, and marketing, along with experience in grant research and writing, individual giving, special event planning, stewardship, and cultivation of donors. He knows what he's talking about. Josh, welcome to Impactability. Thanks, John. Pleasure to be here. It's great to have you. So let's talk AFP. First of all, how long have you been a member of AFP? So I've gone to 10 AFP ICONs, which is the international conference, and spoken at nine of them. So I've been a member for 10, 11 years now. Nice, very nice. Yeah, very and my, my first opportunity was, you know, when, when I first entered the fundraising world, I reached out to a good family friend who's very philanthropic, very tuned in with the fundraising community, actually here in St. Petersburg. Mm-hmm. And he said, the first thing you gotta do when you start your career is become a member of AFP. Uh, so I went to uh, summer social at my uh, at my local chapter at the time, Palm Beach County chapter, and you know as with I do everything, it's like I can't just sit on the sidelines. So I'm there, and someone said, "How about you become a member of a committee?" So next thing I know, I joined the website and job bank committee because obviously I'm a techie nerd, so it just okay. gravitated towards that. Right. And I, I heard about this opportunity to become a Chamberlain Scholar, and it was by far the best opportunity I was given. Uh, as a Chamberlain Scholar, if you've never attended the international conference before, you can basically pay $10 registration. The AFP uh, international uh, organization will cover your registration fees, and you can go basically for free. Um, it was an incredible opportunity. Uh, I've had a chance to see the best of the best speak. You know, on a- average, there's three to three to 4,000 people at the conference from 25-plus countries. Uh, even back this year, after we had been out for three years, you know, because of COVID, right. um, back in person, we had 3,000 people in Vegas. Mm-hmm. And it was just amazing to not be learning in, a, in, in the Brady Bunch world. Yeah. To actually be together with your colleagues and just having those conversations in person meant so much. I, I, I think I only went to one session. It was probably the session. I, I take that back. I went to one session as an attendee. <laughs> I went to the session that I presented. And the rest of the time, I was just networking. Yeah. I was just spending time in the exhibit hall, seeing friends, contacting with current vendors and new vendors I wanted to explore. Sure. And uh, just that fellowship of being back together again was amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Just learning from those conversations that you have passing in the halls, you pick up so much and you have... You know, by being a member of AFP, you have this global network. And I know that at any point in time, I can pick up the phone or I can go on Twitter and reach out to someone and say, hey, listen, I'm working on XYZ. I know you're an expert in this. Can we jump on the phone for five minutes and, and, and talk about it? And that's what's so incredible about being a member of AFP is this network of resources that you have available to you. Yeah. And, and as with anything, you get out of it what you put in. Yeah, and that, that is definitely the case, and that's why I wanted to talk to you, because I wanted, I wanted to reach out to especially those who are not yet members. 
And so let me take it from that perspective. Why should I join AFP? You want to join AFP because you want to invest in yourself as a professional. You know, you have to be a lifelong learner, mm-hmm. uh, especially in, in our world today where there's different types of fundraising strategies that are currently evolving. The technology is always evolving. And if you don't stay on top of it, how are you going to be able to keep up with the times? So by becoming a member of AFP, you're going to get involved in your local level, uh, but you also have the opportunity to get involved in global committees, attend the AFP International Conference, attend the AFP LEAD, which is a leadership conference. There's so many great opportunities for you as an individual to further develop your strengths and skills mm-hmm. to be a better fundraiser and be a better nonprofit leader. So you're taking, you're, you're taking your career seriously, basically. Absolutely. Uh, I, as I said, I can't sit on the sidelines. So I, want, I could never um, be in, in a class every day. That's just not my style. But I know that I can sit there and attend webinars. I could sit there and go to monthly uh, workshops on my local level and have that opportunity to grow and learn as a professional. Yeah. How many members are there in the Association of Fundraising Professionals? That's a good question. I, you know, last I heard, I think it was like twenty to twenty-five thousand. It might be more now. I really don't remember the exact number. I know at one point in time they've been up thirty to thirty-five. Um, but it's a global organization, you know. So you have people all over the world who are, and that's going back to why are you a member? You're a member to learn and further grow what's not only happening in your community, but the global philanthropy community. Mm -hmm. And we talk a lot on our podcast about collaboration. Uh, We've had several podcasts about collaboration, and I guess this is another form of that when you're a member of AFP and you want to reach out to other members just to say, hey, I'm having this problem. How do you handle this, correct? Absolutely. You know, there's some great Facebook groups that we've started. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, a lot of local chapters will have uh, LinkedIn pages or Facebook groups. Just get out there and, and go on the AFP member directory and see who's in your local community or who has similar interests in, in job titles as you and see where you can learn and grow from. Mm-hmm. So if I'm going to join AFP, how long does the membership last? It's a one-year membership. Uh, okay. it's, it's calendar from when you join. Uh, so it's not like, all right, everyone becomes a member on January 1 and then there's prorated if you come in later. No, it's an annual based upon when you join. Okay, and you've discussed some of the benefits of being a member. What are some others? So access to resources. I mean, AFP does an incredible job of building this resource library on their website that's available to members. Uh, There's the monthly email newsletter that they provide, uh, Advancing Philanthropy, which is like a magazine that they put out. In the before times, before COVID, there was a partnership with Corn Ferry. And you're able to get job coaching and resume review uh, and have the opportunity to get on with you know a live person and as you're sitting there looking for your next gig because as we know the average lifespan or but you know term of a job is you know 18 months in the professional development field which is pretty short so when you think about that turnover uh, you need to want to you know hopefully you're not leaving your job that quickly and hopefully you're sitting there and building and growing uh, with yourself having that ability to meet with a professional to learn and how to grow within yourself and how you present yourself um, on your resume or in your CV, one of the many opportunities that you have as a member. Okay, you've talked to me into it, Josh. How do I join? Very simple. You can go online to afpglobal.org. You can sign up right there online. Uh, in the span of five minutes, you can become a member. Let's talk about the chapters because it's not like it's one big group. There are several local chapters. How many chapters are there? Uh, here in Florida, I think we're at like 15 or so chapters now, and that's what's so great about the Florida Caucus. It's a way for all of us chapters to come together, learn and grow together. That's why we host this annual conference, why we provide professional development. But different chapters are all throughout the country and, and globally. 
you could be a member of multiple chapters. Uh, so depending on where you live, you know, one's offered different type of professional development. If you travel a lot, if you're a consultant, you might, you know, spend your time on the road a lot. So you want to be a member of different chapters. It's just a great way to connect not only on your local level, but on other chapters throughout this throughout the country. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about professional development. What kind of professional development does AFP offer? Everything under the sun. I mean, there's almost a webinar every week. There's a recorded library of courses you can go on. Uh, there's a CFRE review course, uh, which they help promote and provide. Uh, there's various different um, certifications that you can get. So um, there's a plethora of educational opportunities on the website and uh, ongoing. Let's talk about younger professionals sure. in fundraising. How does AFP engage young professionals. So there's an AFP collegiate chapters throughout the country uh, for those that are, are, you know, 18, 19 years old and say, listen, I want to go ask for money. And, you know, because at 19 years old, you, A, you know exactly what you want to do. Um, <laughs> but to say you want to become a professional fundraiser is, is pretty in, impressive. Uh, so that's a great way. There's there's uh, specific member rates for young professionals. So, you know, obviously when you're starting out in your career and, you know, you might not be as, you um, financially well off uh, to be able to still make those professional development opportunities available but at a reduced rate. You're, earlier you were talking about the uh, the bi-monthly and I think it's absolutely a fantastic publication, the Advancing Philanthropy magazine. Tell us more about that publication. I'm, I'm a fan but I, I want everyone who's not who's, who doesn't know of it, I want them to know about so it. So I, I love Advancing Philanthropy, both the digital and hard you know, hardcover format. Some people just like to read and actually have things in their hands yep. versus reading online. That would be me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so it's a chance to, you know, once again, learn from your colleagues, people that are best of the best. There's always various theme to the uh, to the issue. So you have all the articles surrounding that are the same. There's, you know, an opportunity to, if you're a, a vendor, to place an ad in there so you can, you know, as a professional, see what are some of the leading uh, vendors you may want to work with. And uh, it's just uh, something I look forward to each, each time it comes out. How is AFP educating fundraising professionals? Because there's so much, and you even pointed out earlier when you said going, you, know, you go to the conferences and you're, you're meeting new vendors and there's new products and that, but what, what is AFP doing to educate me? So AFP is continually to provide um, resources and research. So not just sitting back, but they themselves are, are working on the, like the fundraising effectiveness project and working with other larger vendors to sit there and define what's happening as far as trends and identify these trends and helping disseminate that information to its members. Research? Absolutely. Research is huge. Yeah. Uh, you know, because once again, trends are changing. And if you don't stay on top of it, if we aren't looking at the hard data, because I'm a data nerd um, as, as part of my job at Komen, mm-hmm. um, I take the analytics of our social content, looking at the KPIs, the key performance indicators, and determining, okay, based upon these analytics, we're going to create this type of content. Because if I just walked in and said, all right, well, it's a Tuesday and we want to talk about Purple Ponies, but if the analytics aren't showing me that people care about Purple Ponies, then how am I going to use that as our content strategy? So research and analytics is key when you're working on any field within within nonprofits and fundraising. Yeah. You talked earlier about the uh, the icon, the big one that was in Vegas not too long ago and next year New Orleans. Yep. One of my favorite cities on the planet. <laughs> I, I had a chance to go to the conference when it was in New Orleans, once again in the before times. I was there for, I'd never been before, uh-huh. and I was there for back-to-back conferences. It was a nonprofit technology conference put on by N10, which is a great conference. Um, and then it was AFP icon. So I was in New Orleans for eight days. I, could, I saw so much good music. I ate so much good food. The Literally, like, so I'm a nerd. And whenever I go to a conference, there's three things I do. Where can I eat? 
where can I get a good drink and what music, live music can I go yeah. see? Yeah. And to me, New Orleans is like the epitome. Like if there is a city that is like was made for me, it was New Orleans. I mean, between the history, the oh, yeah. culture, uh, I walked like 100,000 steps in the time that I was there. Mm-hmm. Uh, first meal I had when I got off the plane was the charbroiled oysters at Drago's. Oh, yeah. Last meal I had before I got on the plane was the charbroiled oysters from Drago's. The crawfish etouffee at Two Jags is phenomenal, yes. by the way. I had such a good po'boy at Mother's. It was uh-huh. the Ralph. Highly recommend that. Yep. We went to Galatoire's to have a lunch one day, and this was like high-end French cuisine. <laughs> There's a couple that engage, got engaged while like at the table next to us it was just so much fun I can't wait to go back there and the conference broke out and the conference was there <laughs> and, and, and there was actually time to learn and go and connect and yeah. you know present and, and that's what I love about AFP uh, is it gives opportunities like me as a professional to get out there and teach I could never be a teacher in a classroom uh, but you give me 75 minutes and I'm going to blow your mind you're going to walk away with some knowledge bombs and we're going to have a great time wow wonderful so on that subject if I want to go next year to New Orleans to the uh, to the conference do I have to be an AFP member you don't have to be an AFP member uh, but obviously the registration rates are higher right and it almost makes sense to become a member because like the difference between registration rates might as well take advantage of all the other benefits that AFP offers by becoming a member that makes total sense let me talk for a moment about a serious topic and I know it's something very very close to the, the, the fundamentals the core of AFP their code of ethics. Yes. Because I've read that document and wow, I, I got to tell you, impressive. Let's talk about that a little bit. Yeah, you know, as, as a professional fundraiser, we have to hold ourselves to a higher degree of ethics. You yes. know, we're talking about stewards of people's money mm-hmm. and stewards of donors and, and not just of people's money, but also like the clients that we're working with. And we want to make sure we have their best interest at heart. You're not taking a donation from a corporation that well, yes, we're going to give you a million dollars, but their values don't align with your organization. You need to know where am I going to make that decision of, okay, well, a million dollars is amazing, but you know they're killing baby seals and we don't want you to kill baby seals. Even though you're flashing money in front of us, we can't align with your corporate values with our own and you know, ethically, it just doesn't make sense. Fantastic. We've been talking with Josh Hirsch, Uh, the chair of Planet Philanthropy 2022 about AFP and why you should be part of it. If you're not, you should. If you are, take advantage of everything. That's the other key thing. Yes, exactly. You know, to become a member and just sit back and not do anything, it's a a disservice to yourself. A, you just spend all that money on your membership and, you know, you're not getting any value out of it. Uh, But if you're not reading the emails, if you're not attending webinars, if not going to your local chapter events, then then there's a big miss. Yeah, Josh, appreciate your time. Thank you very much for being with us on Impactability, and thanks for a great conference, too. My pleasure. It's been a blast. We're going to take a short break right now, but when we come back, we're going all the way to the top. Mike Geiger, the president and CEO of AFP Global, is my guest next here on Impactability, the Nonprofit Leaders Podcast. Sometimes there's just not enough hours in the day to get the work at your nonprofit done. Sukup Strategic Solutions can help. We handle all kinds of projects, especially the ones you can't seem to get to. Fundraising, marketing, grant writing, communications, and more. With Sukup Strategic Solutions, you'll have a team of nonprofit professionals working for you. You'll have more hands on deck, reduce overhead, and increase efficiency. For a free consultation on how we can help lighten the load at your nonprofit, visit SukupStrategicSolutions.com. Maximize your impact with Sukup Strategic Solutions. We're back on Impactability. We're coming to you from Planet Philanthropy 2022. And I got to thank our previous guest, 
Josh Hurst for roping in Mike Geiger <laughs> to be on our podcast for a couple of minutes. Mike is the president and CEO of AFP Global. And Mike, we really appreciate your time. Thank you. My, my pleasure, Joe. Happy to do it. Excellent. We were, we're talking about AFP and th the reasons behind why someone should join. And I'd, I'd like to get your perspective as well. So we've done some research into why people join AFP. Mm -hmm. And the top two reasons are consistently the networking opportunities with their colleagues and the opportunity to meet new people in the fundraising sector. Mm -hmm. So networking is one. And then the other one is our gold standard education. So how do our members become even better fundraisers than they are? Let's talk about the education. What, what types of education, what are you offering? Uh, what can I look forward to as a member? So we have in-person education. We have webinars slash Zoom education. We have a lot of podcasts that we do. So it is virtual, it is in-person, and we do different types. So for example, last month, we had our big annual conference, which is our international conference called ICON. Yeah, we were talking about that. Fantastic, by the way. It really was. It was great. And we had, we had 3,000 people attend, mm -hmm. which I think, given that we are still in the tail end of a pandemic, is really impressive. Very. And so we had, we had over 140 educational sessions, which when you think about it over two and a half days, is a lot of sessions, mm -hmm. a lot of education. And one of the big advantages of when you go to ICON is we record all of our sessions. So they are available to our attendees after the event is over. So obviously you go there, you can't go to 140 sessions. Obviously, yeah. You're looking through the, the agenda, through the schedule, you're trying to figure out what do I want to go to? All right, I want to go to, you know, I'm going to go to five sessions a day. Five at, sessions at, at the same time yeah, sometimes. Well, yeah. That, yeah, right? yeah, exactly. So, so there's a lot of sessions you can't go to. I would guess there's probably... 110, 120 sessions you can't go to. Now, reality is many of them are of no interest to you, mm -hmm. but there are many that are. And so if you can't attend because you're attending another awesome education session, then you can go back and watch, listen on your own schedule, on demand, because it's already included in your registration fee. So that means basically then, if I'm not yet a member, but I attended, I can still access that. That's right, okay. that's right, absolutely. That, that's great. So let me ask why you are a member of AFP. I'm a member of AFP because I wanna help our members do even better with their causes, for mm -hmm. their causes, with their organizations. I come from a slightly different background. I'm not a fundraiser. I'm more on the, the business, the management, the administration side of, mm -hmm. of, of my career. Right. And coming to AFP was an opportunity where I could help more organizations at one time than, than any other way. So mm -hmm. we have, we have 26,500 individual members. That's a lot of people. Mm -hmm. That's a lot of organizations. And so this was a role where I felt like I could come in and and help many of these organizations in a way I couldn't if I worked for just one. Yeah. Yeah. So if I'm a member of the AFP chapter in Detroit and I'd like to network with some folks who maybe are AFP members in Europe, that is possible? It is absolutely possible. Uh, we don't have any chapters in Europe in terms of your specific example, but let's just say you're in Detroit and you want to network with someone from, oh, I don't know, the chapter in Tampa, St. Pete then it's easy for you to, to find them and reach out to them. And all of our members are very helpful to other members. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's, there's a lot of paying it forward, a lot of paying it back. 
And it truly is, we, we talk a lot about the AFP community and how important that AFP community is and how much we can, as a part of the community, how much we can help each other. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. One of the things that Josh and I were talking about, and I wanted to talk about this with you as well, is the um, Advancing Philanthropy magazine. And I think it's just absolutely outstanding from your perspective, talk to us about the publication. So we, we put it out four times a year, and we try, to have, we try to have a very strong part of it be around education so that, so that our members, when they get it, they can learn from it. And it's not just, oh, beautiful pictures, but it's really hard-hitting, strong, useful, productive, educational articles. Mm-hmm. And, and then we also try to put examples of, of highlights, spotlight people that are doing really well in our sector so that you know one of the things that we're all looking for in our career is mentors mm-hmm. and and people that can be role models for us so we try to find people from all walks of AFP that can be a, a mentor that can be a role model for the readers of the magazine now let's talk about the younger professionals mm-hmm. they're just getting into their careers yep. etc uh, how does AFP market to them, network to them, get them involved. Yeah. So emerging leaders and young professionals, two categories that, that are really important to AFP. Um, emerging leaders can be someone who is, let's say 45, just changed careers, coming into fundraising. So they're new, but they're not a young professional. And so, so we have a category for them and then we have the category that we call young professionals. Okay, so how, how do we help them? Well, we have a great partnership with the, with the, with the firm called Corn Ferry, which is a, a global search firm, but also uh, a career counseling firm. And we make all of their resources available to our members at no cost to our members. Very nice. And this has been incredibly popular with our younger members and new member or new to the profession members. So that's, that's one area. We have, we have events that we do that are targeted just to our young professionals. And we also have events that we do that are targeted just towards emerging leaders. We have, we have approximately, I'm sort of trying to do the math in my head, uh, we have about one eighth, one eighth of our membership are under 30 in terms of age really so it is it is a really critical important segment of our membership and obviously when you are under 30 at some point you are under 40 and at some point you are under 50 so it is the pipeline right it is the future of of fundraising yeah yeah and i'm guessing that they truly get a fantastic education not only from let's say attending college and now they're starting their career and they're going to get a really great education. Yeah, and not all of them will have attended college, right? We have we have many that the college was not their path, mm-hmm. and that doesn't really matter in terms of being a successful fundraiser if you have all of the other abilities. The other aspect that we have, which is also unique to AFP, is we offer an incredible mentorship program. So for our young members, the opportunity to find mentors, we help them find mentors within the AFP community is incredible. I mean, I wish when I was young that I'd had that, you know, when I was 26, 27, 29, have that opportunity to find someone who perhaps was in their late 40s, 50s, 
and they could guide me through my career or mm. they could give me advice on specific things that at that age I didn't know how to handle, didn't know how to address, but my mentor would have probably gone through that very thing 15 times over. One of my favorite questions to ask, and, and this is when I'm going to the top, the president and CEO of AFP Global, I love to ask questions like this. What's the favorite part of your job? My favorite part of the job, and I'm an introvert, but my favorite part of the job is meeting our members and, and learning from them. And, and having that opportunity to see and understand the work that they do and how it impacts our society. That, I've always wanted to work in organizations where I feel like we're giving back and, and doing more than just, I always use the example of making widgets. Yep. And then I say, making widgets is great, but it's not what I want to do. Yeah. Right? I want to be part of the sector that helps people. Yeah. Well, you're doing just that, and you're especially at conferences like this, you're helping fundraisers become better at what they do, and especially coming out of COVID, that really helps you. Yeah. It really does. Agreed. I have to thank you for your time, and again, congratulations right, on a fantastic conference, and uh, we appreciate your time here on Impactability. Thank you. I had nothing to do with the conference. That is all the Florida caucus and all the Florida chapters, so all the credit goes to them. Appreciate it. Thanks, thank Joe. you. Time now for Coach's Corner when we take the questions that you ask us and we put them to our impact coaches for their answers. And we had some great questions when we were at Planet Philanthropy. And so the next several weeks, we're going to be taking those questions and putting them to our impact coaches to see if they can answer them. That's why we always tell you, send us those questions so we can get you into the coach's corner as well. So our guest coach today is Cheryl Sukup, president of Sukup Strategic Solutions. Cheryl, listen closely. Here was the question. Hi, my question is, in a nonprofit where the communications team or department is taxed with many different uh, aspects of the work, how can you streamline communications internally and externally so they can do their do their job effectively but also serve our donor donor base? Now Cheryl, you have to admit that is a great question and on Coach's Corner you've got five minutes to answer it. Good luck with this one. Your five minutes begins right now. Thank you, Joe, and thank you to the nonprofit leader who uh, shared this question with us at Planet Philanthropy. So the question really asks about internal and external communication. So I'm going to recommend that you consider segmenting internal from external communications. These can really be handled by different teams. So if you are struggling to fill your development positions, you may want to have somebody else within your organization handle the internal communications. For instance, you know, you may be able to have somebody in HR handle some of the internal communications with employees. You may have a volunteer coordinator that can handle com communications, everyday communications with volunteers and so on and so forth. Maybe board members have their own special communications, but internal and external communications may be appropriately handled by different teams. So if you're struggling to make sure that you're taking care of your donors, focus your development professionals just on the communications that are going out to donors. Some of the latest technologies, such as drip marketing, can be combined with time-tested techniques such as list segmenting to help you make most of the limited time that you have available. So if you are struggling to get everything done, automating can really help you a great deal. 
drip marketing is a type of automation that can help you send out messages to a targeted audience in small drips, drip by drip, continuing to communicate with them. But what's wonderful is that you can do a lot of the work at the start and then slowly uh, release these messages over time. How to do this? The first thing you want to do is determine the segments of your list. Who do you want to communicate with? What buckets do you want to put them in? And then you want to think about what you want each segment of the list to do. So you're starting with the end in mind. Start with where you want them to be at the end. What is the call to action that is most appropriate for that particular segment of your list? Then you create a pathway down which you would like the donors of each segment to go that pathway will lead them down a pre-planned set of messages that gently leads them to the call to action that you plan for them at the end. So the series of messages will be sent to the donors at regular intervals along the pathway, and you can make those intervals any amount of time that you want. So you decide how much time should lapse between the messages and then you schedule them inside your mark email marketing system to be sent out according to those intervals. All of these messages should be building towards a specific call to action, an action that you want the donor to take at the end, usually to donate. But how do you want them to donate? What do you want them to do? Being able to match a donor's interests that they have communicated to you by actions, by messages, by things that they have done or said, um, matching those opportunities to what the donor has told you they're interested in can really lead to better results in your fundraising. So once you've decided how much time should lapse and you've scheduled these messages out, you need to figure out how you're going to get the donors into the appropriate pathway. So one way they can, they can get into a pathway initially is to be assigned to that pathway, but based on what you know about them, you can manually do that. But then you can also create triggers using if-then statements that will, once that trigger occurs, it will move that donor into that pathway. A simple example would be if a donor makes a donation under $100, then they can be triggered to enter the stewardship of donors under $100 pathway. And then they would get a series of messages um, that are geared towards stewardship of a donor at that level. Once they enter the pathway, they'll end up staying there and proceed through the messages unless they are moved manually by staff or they unsubscribe or they take another action that moves them into a new pathway that is more appropriate for them. So I recommend that you combine the strategy with prospect research to determine which donors are your best major gift prospects. These prospects should be personally cultivated and you don't want to send them down an automated messaging pathway. But when you have very little time and you know that you need to communicate with your donors, but you want to communicate with them in very specific ways, and you want those ways to be very much tailored to what donors are interested in, what they have expressed that they are aligned with in your organization, you can be much more responsive to them and give them opportunities that are well matched to them if you use automations that really are a little bit of work at the front end, but much less work on a day-to-day -day basis going forward. So it's not like you can just set it and, and let it go. You do have to monitor this over time, but this is a way that you can make the most of the limited time that you have and the limited number of professionals that you have available on your development team.
Great way to answer that question, Cheryl. We knew that was going to be a tough one. I want to thank the person who asked the question at Planet Philanthropy. And it was great to see you at Planet Philanthropy as well. I had a great time. Planet Philanthropy was well worth the visit to St. Pete. Everything is worth a visit to St. Pete, but the Planet Philanthropy was great. Thank you so much, Cheryl. We'll see you again on Coach's Corner. Thank you, Joe. If you've got a question for Coach's Corner, we want to hear from you. Email them to us at impactcoaches at impactability.net. Again, that's impactcoaches at impactability.net. And if you want to reach me, my email address is joe.turner at impactability.net. If you enjoyed today's episode, be sure to subscribe to the show in your favorite podcast app, and that way you'll get new episodes downloaded just as soon as they come out. Also, please give us a review or a rating so that your peers in the nonprofit industry can find us as well. I'm Joe Turner. Thanks for listening, and thank you for all you do to make the world a better place through your nonprofit.